0: Do you like it? All right, all right. We are fucking back, son. And I'm sitting right across from my homie, fucking Mr. Michael Bush in the house. What is up, my brethren? What it is? Dude, not a whole lot, man. This is awesome. I finally get to have you on the podcast. This is when I first started the podcast, I had one goal, and it was to have Michael Bush on. (laughs) And here we are, like 70 episodes in, and it finally happened. It finally came to fruition. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, so I wanted to. I was going to reserve this whole episode to just talking about the Dothan music scene, how it was in like the the early, I guess to mid, well, more like mid-90s.
1: Yeah, mid-90s, early um, aughts.
0: For sure. So when did, when did you, what was your very first band that you ever played in?
1: Okay, um, so the first band was called The Whatevers. And we had, uh, it was me, Chris Granger, Cindy Pappenfuss, James Davis, and Stephen Caps. And one other dude, I can never remember his name, he was a skateboarder, he had a really high-pitched country voice, his name was his name was like, uh,
0: fuck, I can't remember his name, <laughs> but
1: he was the bass player, and I was the trombone player, and he went on a skiing trip and broke his collarbone, and he couldn't play bass anymore, and so everyone in the band said, you play the trombone, that's low notes, you should learn how to play the bass, and so I had to teach myself how to play the bass.
0: That was, that was your first experience playing bass. It was yep. out of necessity.
1: Yeah, it was out of necessity. And uh, so we were a really shitty band called The Whatevers. And we practiced in Cindy's basement. And one day, this weird little dude comes over. He's got a big alien head. And at the end of our practice, he said, you mind if I get up and play a song? And we said, No. And he grabbed the guitar, and he got up and he played Glycerine. Oh, by uh, by, bush. by bush, dude. Yeah. That
0: was the jam back in the day, son. Yep,
1: he played that and he played Basket Case by Green Day. Oh yeah. And that was Bobby Hill. And so we a week later kicked James Davis out of the band. Well, we lied to him and said we were breaking up.
0: <laughs> we're breaking up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then
1: he stopped coming to practice and Bobby started coming and then we made Haji and the Turbans.
0: So that was that was the the uh the very beginning was from the Whatever's to Haji and the Turbans. Yep. And uh, when Haji and the Turbine started, what do you remember what year that was? 95,
1: maybe? 95.
0: 94, 95. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Some of my most uh, fond memories of uh, shows in Dothan was was you you guys playing. Um, remember old Brian Tetter's house? That yeah, he had Misfits out, house. And it, I don't think he even had, I think it had electricity, but I don't know if it had running water.
1: I did not have, I don't think it had running water. It did have electricity, but...
0: It, and it was like no holds bar, you do other dude. Whose house was that actually his house? Because he was still I in high was, school.
1: Yeah, I believe it was his family's home. Oh, and they like, just
0: like, it, hey, use this for punk rock shows?
1: <laughs> no, I think it was they owned the land and they yeah. owned the house on it and they didn't use it. And so he would go out there and spray paint it and all him and his skateboard friends would hang out there. It was like a clubhouse.
0: Yeah, Brian Tedder used to pick on us like hardcore when I was in high school dude would fuck with our lockers and, you know, call us like the worst of names. Shit I can't even repeat on here, but um <laughs> Up until until I got older, you know, he just gave a shit. But uh, what was one of your fondest memories of? Uh, what was your favorite Haji show that ever happened God. in in Alabama?
1: That's tough, man. I was just talking to Chad Foreman the other day about the Brian Tedder Misfits House Show and saying yeah. that was one of my favorites because it was such an unusual situation. Yeah, just being out there in the middle of nowhere in this house that had graffiti all over it, and it was it looked like a looked like a house that would be in a horror movie. You yeah, know? no, for sure, it was terrifying and it was just full of all these skaters and punks and there was no air conditioning and it was Uh just you know a house show is a different animal than like for sure you know it's so different it
0: feels it feels like the energy is this different you know what i mean
1: it is it's like part way not as energetic because you can't be as energetic but also way more dangerous it just feels dangerous
0: yeah anytime you put a hundred kids in a 10 by 10 spot dude it becomes a little dangerous for sure. <laughs> it feels dangerous
1: dude. in so many ways. Like, we should not be doing this. Uh-huh. One, someone's going to show up. We're going to go to jail like or duty, yeah. you know. Um, so that was fun. We also played, like, Michael Paramore's house. And I remember because I sat on the oven because it was just, it was way smaller. Than oven
0: the- was the name of this young guy that used to come and hang out with us. <laughs> <laughs> sat right on his face. Um, th-
1: th- you know, the house was smaller than the Misfits house, and it was full of furniture. Uh-huh. So it was like everyone was sitting on the couches and standing on you know the tables. It was it was crazy. So that was a fun uh, experience. Well,
0: what really sucks about those days is it was before technology. So back then, when something happened, you just heard stories about it. There was no vid. Now you can literally go fart in the woods and four people have it on video. You yeah. know, but uh, that's back- both a good thing. And <laughs> yeah. a bad thing I think. Back then, there was no footage. Like, and even when we would go and do like crazy shit with our friends it wasn't for views it was just to entertain the one or two people you were hanging out with because we were bored and we had yeah. to come up with shit to do i wish there was photos and recordings man
1: i've got photos of the misfit um, house show at my mom's do house do you yeah
0: dude i'd love to see i wish you'd post some of those up man
1: i will yeah i'll do that um so i've got i've got a lot of photos from those old shows like when we rented out the um the abbeville skating rink
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have pictures from that show. Y'all rented that? That was, the, y'all rented that we show. We rented that
1: uh, building out for $50. $50,
0: dude. <laughs> I bet even back then it took a while to pull that money did, together. Yeah,
1: man. We were broke. We're like, I need $2 for gas. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> How many people showed up to that one?
1: Oh, man. Nobody. It was terrible. Nobody that showed I mean, there's probably like 20, 30 people. But the place was huge, so it looked yeah. like nobody was there. Yeah,
0: true. What Did you guys play any of the KO Corral shows? We were the ones who made the original oh, deal okay. He, he's like, we were the ones who started it. Too. No,
1: Matt Walker technically was the one who started yeah. it, but we're the one who continued it when Matt Walker quit doing yeah. the shows. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we started doing shows out there with Clownhouse.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clownhouse. Let's talk about some bands from that era, dude. So you <laughs> had, cl- this was at a time frame when Corn was like kind of just getting big. So there were like seven bands from Dothan that sounded like Corn and all had like the Adidas jumpsuits and. uh <laughs> What was the singer of that band?
1: Uh, I don't remember. It Zach seemed like I ran, was in the band. I think he Zach I ran
0: into, it's like years ago maybe, um, like at, at some weird place. It was like, hey. And I was like, you know, it took a second. I was in the clown house. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you had them. You had uh, the fucking infamous Hades Transmission, dude. I <laughs> <Yep. laughs> remember those guys. I <laughs> remember them. Headland. Um, yeah. They Hedlund. were Headland's radio. Yeah. Head. <laughs> Matter of fact, one of the very first show I ever played, I was like, it was New Year's, and I probably told this this story before, but it's better to tell because you're actually here. And I was like uh, 13, maybe 14 years old. We showed up, and we didn't have a drummer. Some dude got up there with us to play. We'd only been playing as a band for like a month, and we were really terrible, but uh, we didn't have a name, and it was right at the time like the first Rage album came out and we were listening to it because we started off, we were like Christian rap metal, or at least that's what we were trying to go for. <laughs> And um, I started giving we this. We didn't quite reach yeah. it, but we were trying. It was mainly because uh, I had to be a, in a Christian band because my dad wouldn't let me play anything else. So I was like, I had convinced him that you could do heavy music and still sing about Jesus, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So. But I remember playing and they were like, well, what's your name? You know, and I was like, "Uh, Rage Against the System. And then you heckled me from the crowd, dude. Do you <laughs> remember that? Yes, I remember that. You heckled and it was like, yeah, real original Creed. or, or No, it was, I said something about like a like, – made some kind of um, uh, thing about, like, uh, if, if you're not a Christian, you live in sin, then it's like creating a prison for yourself. It was right at the time when My Own Prison by Creed came out. And you were like, yeah, real original Creed?
1: <laughs> and, dude, as,
0: a, as like, a kid who, like, looked up to you guys, um, that was like having my heart ripped out, you know, because <laughs> the whole time, like, when you, when you show up, there's just, oh, shit, Michael Bush is here, you know. It was like. At, at my school, we talked about Haji and the Turbans. We talked about Jamie Thomas and Chad Foreman. And they were like, you guys were all like our heroes, you know, who wanted to be. <laughs> and the reason that I started playing in bands, really, that's the reason I started playing in punk bands. And then I uh, went the pop punk w- way for a while. And then I was like, you know, I just feel like screaming. And then I just screamed for several years after that. <laughs> I remember the Lightweights. Oh, yeah. The Lightweights, dude. I was much smaller back then. I, it <laughs> If we ever did a reunion, I mean, cause all of us are fat now, Called the heavyweights, <laughs> yeah, the, heavyweights. <laughs> the super heavyweights, yeah. but yeah, dude, there was some, there was some radical shows, dude. Did you guys ever play Al's place in, uh, Ashford, Alabama? One time. Did that you? That was a okay. place that had the checkerboard floor? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We played that place one time.
0: What was your fate when you played in town? What was your favorite band besides the lightweights to, <laughs> to play with <laughs> or that you got excited when they came through?
1: Oh, okay. Excited when they came through. That would have to be the Metros.
0: Yeah, the Metros are tight for sure.
1: Um, and who else? What was that band from Myrtle Beach?
0: What was the band where they had the stand-up bass player that had one hand? I tell people Big that. Big Black Cat. Yeah, yeah. I want to, whatever happened to those guys. I mean, I it's been know. like 25 years. I so. know,
1: right? They, they, he was actually in two bands. huh. Um, it was, I think Big Black Cat was the second one mm-hmm. and the first one had the um, female singer and they were very 50 style and she yeah. would always wear that really nice, like 50 style dress and put her hair up. And, mm-hmm. um, and the Metro wrote a song about her called Julia, about how she gives good blowjobs. <laughs> oh,
0: damn. Was it true? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Scale one to 10. How was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the guy that had, uh, I remember seeing that for the first time when he, he walked out there. Cause I saw him at the show. I mean, obviously he got one hand, People checking you out, dog. You know, as yeah. I like walking in with a unicorn horn, people going to look at it. You know, so it when help
1: you, that he like has people hit him with a sledgehammer while he's holding a burning cinder block.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was some weird shit, dude. Yeah. If I remember, him getting in there playing though, and dude, I was just like, as a kid, I was like, I, that's probably for am driving. I'm like, holy shit, this dude's playing. As like, I got two hands and I can't play my guitar, I'm a motherfucker over here playing one, one
1: dude. He'd always dip it in, uh, in baby powder. Yeah, get yeah. it all. Powdered up, oh, then, powder it up, baby, powder it. And up. he used the nub to hold down the frets, uh-huh. and then he slapped with his other hand. Yeah, so it was it was awesome, man. He was really fucking good. They called him Lefty.
0: Lefty, you know what? For the for as small of a town that this is, we had a lot of bands that come through here, and oh, yeah. a lot of them end up being really large, successful bands like Tsunami Casualties, Bomb. Tsunami Bomb. I was at that show. Um, Global Threat. Uh-huh. Blank 77, didn't they play? Blank 77. Play we area? played with them at KO Corral. You guys brought pain through. Yep. And you said earlier, Less Than Jake had been Les through. Jake came through, yep. Came, that's wild. Yeah. It's why, because now there's, there's, there is no, I mean, I'm sure there's a scene here, but the last several Dothan shows I attended, man, it's just like, you know, it's just people drinking in a parking lot, you know? Yeah. No one's even listening to bands anymore.
1: Yeah, I think the whole scene everywhere is different.
0: I think so too. I think it has a lot to do with like, uh, technology too i mean now you can get anything you you can think of something strange and weird right now and there's is someone's playing it you know there you, there's a following for it out there so in a lot of ways i guess that's good but in a lot of ways it's for us old timers do That still had not learned the algorithms and shit it kind of sucks you know
1: yeah and everything is ingested in small bites now so you don't mm. you can't release an album no it's like a single
0: Single on a video dude Yeah. That's what people want to see something cool.
1: I know. And it's it's terrible because albums told a story. Yeah. You know? And, yeah,
0: because you'd put put time into it. You'd write it write a story. And you'd always some. come up with the yeah.
1: formula what songs go in what order. Yeah. So that when you listen to it, it tells a story. And we always had this thing like the fourth song has to be really good. Mm-hmm. So the like the fourth one has to be a really good song. We always said that anytime we released it. Yeah.
0: Well what was it about the fourth one?
1: I don't know. It was just some superstition we had that the fourth song had to be really good. Huh. I have no idea where it came from.
0: I think it was one of your things because you've always counted too, like in the one, two, three, four. <laughs> so maybe four is just like this number that's always stuck with you for some reason.
1: Now living in Asia, four is a very significant number because it is it's synonymous with death in Asia. Yeah. So maybe have something to do with that. <laughs> four, four is tight. also the size of my pecker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been waiting <laughs> to use the soundbite. I had to use one at least yeah. <laughs>
1: That's what they always scream when they uh, see me running at them because my bald head. They're like, four!
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude!" So what? A, well, I want to hear some some stories. Maybe I haven't heard. Do you got you got anything you could tell? Some some crazy fucking show stories. God, I guess you ever had what? There was a show one time, and and maybe it was, I'm not sure if it was Chad Foreman, but it seemed like uh, he got in a fight, beat some kid up, and then made him drive him home.
1: (laughs) Well, that happened a lot with Chad. Um, (laughs) I think the one you're talking about is when he beat up James Davis and then Uh made made James Davis drive him home. And James Davis was our original guitar player in the whatevers. Um, But there was another one where Matt Walker um, was in the pit and he was really drunk and Somebody that was bald, like bumped into him mm-hmm. and he comes outside and he's all drunk and Chad's just sitting on the ground and he walks over and steps on Chad's nuts and Chad just gets up and <laughs> slaps the shit out of him. was like, you can't do that to me.
0: <laughs> Holy. So he just, just being an asshole. Just well, he on thought his
1: Chad was the one who had done it because Chad is bald.
0: Oh shit.
1: So then Jay was working security at that show uh-huh. and Jay comes out and goes, Chad, I need your help. Somebody <laughs> slapped Matt in the face and Chad was like, oh, that was me.
0: Oh shit Jay was like Oh Let's go get him uh,
1: Well I was going to have to Kick him out But never mind
0: There's <laughs> some fun times dude Dakota Coffee Shop Dude all those were um, What's the worst show You ever attended In Dothan Or the surrounding areas What's What's one that sticks out That's like man Fuck this place Or fuck this band
1: I don't, don't want to Offend anybody But I Oh I'm, fuck
0: it We're old Who cares <laughs> so I remember
1: going to uh, The fun zone And seeing a band Called Sandbox And was just like this is the most dreadful thing that's ever happened.
0: The fun zone. Was that a skating rink? Yes. We played that skating rink one time, dude. They had us out in the center. It was really weird. Kids are just skating around us. Yes. It was a weird setup. So I saw that. And huh. it was a
1: band called Sandbox and they were just dreadful, man.
0: Where were they from? Were they like a local band? Northview. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. What do you think? Uh what about some some bands that came out of the area besides yours that you really thought had could go somewhere? If dude. not, there had were, been in Dothan, Alabama.
1: Yeah, like, well, obviously, Earth to Alaska has always mm. been one of my favorites. And I think that they could have done well. Um, Mutiny. That was a cool uh, band. That was a
0: cool band. It was like, it was kind of noise. It was just noise. It was, it
1: was pirate rock. Right? Yeah. So it was like pirate punk. And I really liked them. They, I mean, it was a gimmick. Yeah, it was Don't like. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it was a fun gimmick. And everyone loved seeing them play.
0: What, what was the guy that was in that band? Seems Josh. Josh. Like- Josh. He had the glasses. He lives in Atlanta now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember him, yeah. What about the the hardcore band that was in town that kind of took off? They were a Christian hardcore band for a while. Uh, um, Forever hard, something? Uh, Forthright. Forthright, that's right, the one. Yeah.
1: And Charles was in that band. Charles. Chainsaw hardcore, Charlie. Charles.
0: Yeah, Chainsaw Charles. Wait, no, Chainsaw
1: uh, Charles is a different one. Oh, that's hardcore Thrill a gunfight. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> hardcore Charlie is what we called it. Yeah, yeah. He was the guy who would um, write songs in his head. Uh-huh. And then he would play them for you with his mouth. And so he would be like, listen to this song I just wrote. And he go like, the guitar go. And the bass would come in and go. And then the
0: drums would be like. And, then goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he would do all the parts
1: for you in like succession. And you're like, uh-huh. Oh, that's tight, I, dude. I uh-huh. can't hear what you're hearing, but I trust you that yeah. it's good.
0: There was a time, dude, it felt like everybody was in a band. And Dothan, you know, like everybody had a band. I think it had a lot to do with you guys because people saw you guys out there having fun and 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 getting some people to actually show up, and that's usually when bands start popping out, you know?
1: Yeah, I'd probably. I mean, that wasn't our intent, but it was cool because we had more people to play with.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah we did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so it was like when... It, it got really old when it was just like, Haji's playing, and it was just us, and there was no opening bands. And I was mm-hmm. like, we should not have opening bands. But because of how long we were expected to play, yeah, because we were expected to play for like two hours. Yeah, so you had to fill the time. <laughs> so um, we would say, okay, well, we can't have three bands, which mm-hmm. is typical of a show is to have three bands. So we started just having one band because mm-hmm. we would have to play for so long. Um so
0: fucking long,
1: dude. I'm not able to find. There we go. That's a little bit. Yeah, long. that's
0: that's the sweet spot right there. You just found it. <laughs> yeah. If I, I was a girl, I'd be quivering right now. You just <laughs> you get right. This up whole on time
1: it. I'm talking, I'm like, my voice sounds so far away. It's
0: <laughs> yeah, because you are, dog. <laughs> You're standing on the other side of the room talking. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, this one time. <laughs> what about some crazy shit you got into? Is it, you get you got any stories like that?
1: Well, like, I mean, so you, you know, I. Um, most of the time in Haji, I was a straight edge kid, so I didn't get into too much crazy. Oh, stuff Oh yeah, myself. you were the
0: worst straight edge kid too. Yeah, I if was. you smoked a cigarette around a cigarette around Michael, dude, he'd make you feel like a piece <laughs> of shit for it, or drank a beer or anything, dude. Yeah, I wonder why that. Why was that? What was the?
1: Um, I've always been a person of extremes. <laughs> so extreme. Well, I remember I was like. Uh, uh, Sixteen. I was sixteen, and there was a um, there was a show in a mechanic shop somewhere in downtown Dothan, Uh and Matt Walker had brought in this band from Auburn, and I can't remember the name of the band, but they had two bass players, which I thought was the fucking coolest thing I'd ever Mm. seen. And before the show, me and Matt Walker and Brandy, um, all just drank a whole bottle of Goldschläger, and I got absolutely crazy drunk and went in and ruined a friendship with somebody who was really close to me, Uh, and so so I just decided. I'm not going to do this anymore because I can't handle my shit. I go crazy.
0: Yeah, not only am I going to not do it, but I'm going to make others feel really <laughs> terrible when they want to do it. I think it was just jealousy. <laughs> yeah. Deep down, it was just like, I, wanna I want to be drinking party. too, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to
1: <laughs> fuck up any more friendships. Yeah, I don't know, man. I was
0: a stupid kid. Yeah, shit, We all were, dude. Looking back, some of, the, some of the crazy shit. Dude, we used to do some crazy shit. In the, in the Circle City, dude. Like dude, me and-, me
1: and Brian Grantham <laughs> climbed on the roof of the Taco Bell uh-huh. that's right in front of Bruno's. Or I guess Bruno's isn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but that one, to steal Star Wars banners. When the Phantom Menace came out, we climbed up on the roof. And you got them. We got them. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, we took we took the ones off the roof. And- Would you hang them on the wall? Yeah, in my apartment. And it Uh, was so big that it went on like three walls.
0: Well, at least the statute of limitations has passed. I think it's like seven years anyway, so we can talk about it.
1: It's been a lot longer than seven years.
0: Bro, me and Heath used to like go, um, I had a stepdad that was married, well, obviously to my mom because that's how it becomes (laughs) a stepdad, right? (laughs) He's married married to my dad. Jesse. (laughs) I had a stepdad married to my dad. Um, But he had cheated on her and kind of did her dirty, So, and he kept the house, kind of kicked us to the curb, so at – years later when i turned old enough to drive like we would go by there on a tuesday night at, like 2 a.m and we just break his shit dude like <laughs> slash his tires one, one night we went by and we gathered all the trash from the neighborhood his truck was parked out by the road and we submerged his entire truck with trash back dude it took us like three and a half hours bro <laughs> i
1: wonder if he ever figured out who it was that did it. i
0: don't think so because years had went by like he probably never did dude <laughs>
1: Can you imagine him just in a, who was doing
0: this to me? Dude, and what was crazy, he's the reason for many years, like he scarred me for life because I was, a, I've always, you know, been a little hefty feller up until I started skating and shit in high school. But um, he would come by and like pinch my titty and shit and, and, <laughs> and make fun of me Christ. for being fat, you know? So what was the best thing ever is a couple years, Well, it's probably been fucking 15 years ago now, I saw this bitch at the movie theater, and this motherfucker was large and in charge because he was a bodybuilder back then. Right. He had a mullet, and he was a bodybuilder. And uh, I saw him at, at the thing, and I was able to go up and give him, like, the death handshake, the one where you try to break a man's hand, you know, just you should stare, have pinched stare his stare titty. Yeah, I should have pinched <laughs> his titty. I <laughs> thought
1: that's where the story well, was going. if he didn't have
0: it tucked in his pants, I might have done it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can you pull your titty out of your pants,
0: please? Uh, I'll tell you a story, too, man. And I guess, yeah, it's been a while, so I don't know if I ever told you this. Maybe I did. And when you you remember you guys used to play Outer Limits or yeah. you did play Outer Limits? We played Outer Point. Limits with Creed that one time <laughs> with Creed. Yeah, Um was it really Creed? Yeah, the actual Creed. The actual with Creed. With Oswald Yes, that was before they got big. Yeah, it was. How many like people right were there? They, uh, a couple hundred. Couple hundred to see Creed. Fuck yeah, yeah they are probably there for y'all too. huh? No. No. <laughs> no, knew, no no one knew one. who
1: we were at the time. Gotcha. And they mispronounced our name on the radio. They called us Hadjai and the Turbines.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw somebody, I think there was a print in the newspaper recently. It was pretty, Yeah, and they. Tur- turbines. Turbines, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there used to be this trailer park to the right, like when you're going towards Outer Limits. And they had grown, there was this massive sunflower, dude. It was like eight foot tall and the butt on it was, it was like something like people would just drive by and look at it, and they had done this big write up in the paper about it. And me and he seen it, and I can't remember who came up with like, the idea. We said, it, you know, it was like, hey man, we got to go by there and we got to take that sunflower, <laughs> you know, <the> sunflower. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was like we were probably sixteen or seventeen, and uh no, we had to be old enough because I was living in the trailer by Michelin, so I had to be eighteen, just turn eighteen. So we went by one night. Two or three in the morning. We're out of the car. Dude, this bitch would not come out of the ground. We're yanking and tugging. It's massive. We finally get it. It won't fit in the car because of how big it is. It's like nine foot long. So we've got everything, but like the actual sunflowers hanging out of the window. We're like, go, go, go. And we start driving down the road like 80 miles an hour, and the bud of it comes off. and just flies down the road. So we end up going back, getting rid of that, went back and got the bud of the flower. And I put it in the fridge and I had like the newspaper clipping of it. And when people come over, but like, look, I got it. But <laughs> well, you know, there was some guy that dedicated his life to that sunflower. he would probably been there 20 years every morning. He wakes up and waters it, prunes it, cuts it, you know, came and out the next day and he was like, Suzanne fuck this shit up, son. <laughs> we used to call some mayhem, bro.
1: Yeah. One time, uh, me and, I don't know if I should say who it is. They might get mad. <laughs> <laughs> Me and two other dudes. Uh, <laughs> we took a can of Cheetos. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, we we've done the same shit. And we shit in it. Yeah, because. And we, then
1: we snuck it back into Bruno's into store, and put yeah. it and put it on the show.
0: Yeah. Dude, we used to do the same shit. I think that's probably where we got the ideas from, you guys. But we also did one time I forget, in Dothan. We were uh, we had like a rivalry. I don't even remember how this happened. But there was, like, somebody talking shit about, like, how they would go and vandalize shit. And so we were going to have, like, a little a vandalize off, I guess, you know, if that's even a thing. And it ended up where they were, like, at a steak and shake or something. And then we had went by. Were you at that, Blake? Where we went and we were throwing eggs at their thing. And we took. And then the other person's car we took and put doo-doo under the door handles. So when they opened the door, they got it on their hands and shit. Yep. I don't. Why do you think kids like playing with duty so much? I don't know. Uh, it's my, funny as fuck though when somebody. My younger brother
1: did that to. They had uh, a prank war. Yeah. And he smeared shit. all That's over the word the I was looking shield. for. A prank war. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it's nasty. We see that shit all the time. It was about it like. Those things can get out of hand really fast. No doubt. So they can like,
0: go from fun to like. Yeah, somebody's gonna kill you, though. There was there
1: was talk of crucifying a squirrel to mount on someone's car, and I'm like, this
0: is gone too far. <laughs> We've gone too far <laughs> with the you, prank wars.
1: This is getting into serial killer territory. Oh, yeah. You're talking about trapping a squirrel, killing it, and then crucifying it on a Catholic car.
0: Like, that's fucked up. What's the 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 funniest prank you've ever been involved? With? The cheese can. The,
1: yeah, shitting in the Cheetos can was uh, pretty amazing, but no, that's not it. The funniest prank that I've ever pulled was when I worked at State Farm Insurance in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I took a extra keyboard and I plugged it into my friend's computer, uh-huh. and I sat behind his cubicle. I had run the keyboard underneath, so while he's typing letters to in- insureds about settling claims, yeah, I start typing too, and it works. And so I start like deleting what he's typing as he's typing uh-huh. it. And he thinks that like. Oh man, my shit's broken. He goes and gets his manager and he comes over and he shows him and I don't do anything. Yeah, yeah. And his manager's like, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> and so and then he keeps he keeps going and then I start I start like as he's pausing, I'll start typing words like slowly like
0: yeah. Like he's he's reading it and it's going possessed. Yes. And I
1: said, "Help us." We are lost, and he goes Michael Bush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what job was that? That was the State Farm Insurance in Atlanta. Oh man, that was fucking hilarious,
0: <laughs> dude. It's a mean. He's used to getting some shit, dude. Who was your like? Who was your little uh, runaround partner? That oh,
1: I was me and Chris Granger, like yeah. tied at the hips, and then Bobby was like our third. Uh huh. And was... so we. Uh, and I don't know why anybody was friends with me because I was such a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. I was so mean. I have no idea why anybody was ever friends with me. But yeah, me and Chris Granger all the time, all the time. And then uh, we would get pulled over. We would just drive around Dothan on the Circle, and we get pulled over, and they'd be like, "We we uh, we had a call about this car. Said y'all had weapons." And we're like, "What? Had weapons? Yeah, we're just driving. They were searching for weed. Oh yeah, we're just driving. It smells like weapons in this car. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> We're just driving around the circle listening to bad religion. Uh-huh. You know, we don't have any fucking weapons.
0: Dude, the cops, uh, we had several encounters like throughout the years. They always try to act like you you got something on, you or some shit, dude.
1: They arrested Chris Granger and took him to jail because he had a sticker on his car that said, fuck work.
0: Are you serious? And he got taken to jail. Because it was a cuss word. Yeah. And Damn. it wasn't even
1: his car. Like the car was in his dad's name. And I was like, you uh-huh. can sue the fucking city, man. Do it.
0: But Bro, there was a time out on a whim had a deal on like these little, uh, Satan's, uh, it was the Jesus fish, but it said like Satan or something in it. And I bought a bunch of them and I was going around and putting them on people's car <laughs> at random, dude. And it was like, I would look, you remember that? Yeah, I was with you. Didn't somebody get in trouble? Like their mom got really upset cause she had like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody got really pissed. that's my little brother in the background talking. If you, if you hear any, uh, death coughs. <laughs> a fart or a burp, <laughs> <laughs> or the beginning of a, a "Say Anything" song. It's my brother in the back.
1: <laughs> I had uh, I had the the fish on my car, uh-huh. but it's the said, Satan fish. No, it said Darwin, and it had feet.
0: Yeah, they had those too. Yep.
1: And uh, I was at the uh, Hardee's in Headland mm-hmm. and this guy pulls up next to me, and he starts motioning for me to roll down my window, uh-huh. uh, and it was like a 1986 Toyota Corolla. So I had to roll down the window, you know? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, You're a disgrace to your race. And I'm like, What? (laughs) And he's like, Darwin Fish, you're a disgrace to your race. And he starts talking about Jesus Christ. And I just shoot him the bird and start rolling up the window. And he drives around the place twice and he starts getting really close to my car and trying to hit me in the car. Oh, shit, dude. And he pulls out a knife and shows it to me. And I was like, This is for a sticker, bro. Fucking intense, man. And then, like, the next day, I had my tires slashed and I was like, that dude fucking followed me and waited until I wasn't there and slashed my tires because I had a Darwin fish on my car.
0: And that was a time too, like in the mid nineties in, in Alabama, in the South, you put up with some shit to look the way we did and to listen to the music we did and to be kind of be ourselves. Like I went to a little country school. I was always given shit, you know, having to defend it. Um, so, I mean, it's different. It ain't like now. I mean, kids can do whatever the fuck. No one looks at it, you know. Yep. You can go in there with all, your whole face pierced. Your eye, eyes pierced together. And, you know. Yeah, you nobody says shit.
1: teenagers with, like, their face
0: tattoos. Yeah. T- teenagers with genital piercings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. I'm just saying. Probably, it probably exists. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we had teenagers with genital piercings. <laughs> Safety yeah, pins and ice cubes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Shit, the first tattoo I got was 17. I got tattooed at 17 by Screamers when they were, <laughs> that was a place called Screamers. The best
1: place to get tattooed. Oh, the worst, screamers. bro.
0: And it was like in this little shack, dude. And the guy, I don't think he ever even asked how old I was. He just asked for the money and it was probably 80 bucks.
1: It's like going to a hospital named Malpractices. Yeah, yeah. They're still
0: around, too. Right? And they're still around, yeah. It's crazy. It was crazy. But yeah, for like literally 80 bucks, I went in there, got a tattoo. And then like, weeks later i went and got a tongue ring i don't know why i got a tongue ring at like 16 but i did and uh suck them dicks yeah hell yeah <laughs> felt better when i sucked my dick with a tongue ring <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh i remember coming home and my dad was fucking pissed bro because he i didn't ever tell him about the tattoo or the or the tongue ring you know and he was fucking mad. And I was like, oh shit, what's going on? So he had like the sit down at the table. He's like, I don't know what you did, boy. And this is my dad's voice. It's not really anything like this, but is <laughs> I heard about what you did. He's like, you already grounded for a year. If you don't come clean, it's two. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I was like, I got a tattoo and got my tongue pierced and he's like what the fuck (laughs) it wasn't that and I was like oh shit (laughs) I knew you was masturbating Uh, in the garage and what it and what it ended up being is a long time ago uh Patrick I think Patrick Prickett had a party at his house I'm pretty sure he had a party at his house we had a couple girls over right and we we told my dad was going over to like a birthday party but Patrick's parents like going out of town kind Mm. of thing you know and we were going over there hook up with some chicks, get in the hot tub, because his parents had a hot tub and shit. Matter of fact, I don't think it was a hot tub. I think it was like a jet tub that was meant for like one <laughs> or two people. We probably all got inside of it. Yeah, but the thing is, right. is my dad was trying to get some time with, and he said, like, well, if it's a birthday, he's like, you can go just take your little brother. And this one, Blake, was a lot younger, right? And this had happened year, like a year or so before this incident of us sitting down. So... Anyway, the girl that I hooked up with or whatever went and told. She went to the same school as like my stepsister or something, and told her. It got back to my dad, so my dad was talking about that. It wasn't even about the tongue ring or tattoo I just got. <laughs> you just
1: gave yourself up,
0: bro. I, got I a killed fucking... a
1: man in Reno just to yeah. watch him die. <laughs> yeah.
0: My dad took my car away for for a year that I paid for. It. My stepmom <laughs> drove it. Was that? I seen my first pair of titties that night. Oh yeah, that was the thing too. Is Blake <laughs> I saw my first Blake was there. T- 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 yeah, two says so she was she has some big old titties. <laughs> she uh, had four titties. Yeah, four titties. <laughs> but uh yeah, so that that was that was good times, good times. What about you? You ever get in trouble for some shit as a kid that for, seemed- m-
1: for me it was mostly fighting. I got in <clears throat> trouble for fighting a lot.
0: Yeah, with uh, like your brothers or for like just random uh,
1: people? people. Yeah, I got suspended from school, went to alternative school a lot.
0: And you went to Dothan High, right? Northview. Northview, you went to Northview. Yeah. And
1: then Norfue, I didn't really have the problem. It was in middle school when I really had the problem. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I had long hair when I first got there, uh-huh. um, and I was wearing like toy machine shirts yeah. and stuff like that. And um, this dude, he was like the most popular jock, and he yeah. was big Big motherfucker, big old dick on him. He did have a big dick on him. He was famous for having a big dick. Um, I knew a girl. He used to. She. He had the locker below her, and he would just lay his dick across her shoulders. So he was a real mm. asshole. Yeah. And so um, I thought I was going to have a problem in high school because I had a problem. People made fun of me in middle school, and I would fight him. I wouldn't take that shit. Yeah. Um, so I thought I was going to have a problem. So one day I was in the library, and S. B. Letcher, this the big motherfucker, he walks up to me, and he just looks down at me. And all his friends are watching, and he just reaches out and he grabs my dick.
0: And grabs just, it,
1: just grabs it, just handful of it, and just looks Girl, me dead. I could in probably my... teach you a few things.
0: <laughs> just grabs the whole grabs, cock and balls. Grabs the cock and balls, like looks me a, dead in my uh, eyes,
1: and just say, says nothing. He's like daring me to do something. So I just reach out and grab his, and we're standing there in the North Junior High School Library holding each other's cocks, and he just starts laughing and slaps me on the back and he goes, you're cool. <laughs> and so I never had a problem Damn. with the rednecks and the jocks because of that incident. <laughs> well, what really
0: happens, he asked you Did that. you bring condoms? <laughs> uh, and I had
1: not. <laughs> so he's like, all right,
0: but you don't have condoms, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird way to show dominance dude.
1: (laughs) is it though isn't it very Uh, bro that's
0: weird bro i think
1: it's very natural that's how gorillas do it yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) just to go up to another dude and be like hey and just grab it Uh, hey whatever floats your boat dog whatever you like
1: i got the feeling that what he wanted was for me to try and fight him right he wanted me to be like you motherfucker and like swing at him so that he could whip my ass in front of his friends got you so I got the feeling that that's what it was about.
0: But when you did that, that probably threw him off then. Yeah. And yeah. he
1: thought it was funny. So
0: Well, who had the was it was pretty big when you grabbed it?
1: Uh, I don't remember, man. <laughs> I was sweating bullets. I was like, this dude's gonna beat the shit out of me. He was humongous. I <laughs>
0: reckon right, i help me some of the bacon. <laughs> it
1: was probably pretty big. I mean I had I had a, a, a very close source say uh-huh. it was big. It was the girl who saw it every day on her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Holy shit, dude! So, what's some of your fondest memories of uh, Death in Alabama? Do, do you ever get, uh, you ever have those moments where you miss it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially because you know that was just a, such a magical time in Yeah, our no lives. doubt. Yeah. So I'm, I you know, I think about those days all the time. Like you know, playing all the time, mm-hmm. permanent records days. I, I, you know, those bro, that
0: was our that was our little spot. That was like our little home. We brought all the Christian core through. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when the, uh, what was the guy's name? It was Dave? Dave, yeah. Dave, like, he found Jesus at one show. I think that band Daybreaker, or Wings of Shadow Cast, it was something like that. But I remember they came and he found Jesus and there for a while, like, we were doing, it seemed like we were doing some kind of Christian related shit up there that lasted like a month. <laughs> and then he was back to, Skanking for Satan. <laughs> yeah.
1: And about six years ago, he was arrested for child pornography. No, he wasn't. Yeah, dude. he went to prison for child pornography. Holy
0: shit. Way yeah. to fucking kill the mood, bro. <laughs> All right. And that's the end. Gonna... <laughs> I hate that motherfucker,
1: man. Damn, dude. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fuck that guy. He sucks. Damn. Good thing you didn't grab his dick. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people did though. Yeah. A lot of people Holy did. Shit. Yeah, he was always having people stay up there and shit because yeah. they were living there, right? Yeah, they. Lived so let's there. talk about permanent records for a minute, because that was you were like a partner or something in it. Yeah. Right? So
1: what happened was, is um, you know, I was running the journeys at the time. Yep. And Mike Burge had come and lived with me, rent free. Yeah. And we had started printing uh, Haji and the Turbans cassette tapes. Hell yeah. And so we were selling them and we had to come up with a record label. So we came up with permanent records and we went to like Hobby Lobby and bought stamps and made our own stamp. It was like the stopwatch with the P and the R, you know? Uh Uh-huh. I
0: remember
1: that. Yeah. And so that's what it was. And then Dave got out of the army and he was like, hey, my dad's going to give me $20,000 to start a business. Do you guys Mm want to start a record store and call it permanent records? Yeah. And we were like, fuck yeah. So we did it. We took his dad's 20 grand and we started the business. And then hmm. they took all the money and used it for beer, cigarettes, and pussy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I remember when it first opened, it had quite a bit of shit. And it had all the cool shit that I wanted, you know? Yeah. And then about three months later, it was like one shirt, two albums on the wall. And just like, it was just a party spot, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, they figured out that the only way we were making money was off of shows.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: So the merchandise wasn't really making money. So they stopped ordering it. Yeah. On, a, on the regular. And it went from being like, Oh, this is a cool record shop where you can get like t-shirts and spike belts and shit like that to just like a place for shows. Cause one Haji show a month paid the rent. Yeah. And so then everything else was just.
0: So that, that puts you in a spot where you had to do one Haji show a month. Yes. yes.
1: (laughs) So that became my role. Like I, my original role was business advisor, you know, because I had been running journeys and so I knew how to merchandise a store. I knew how to do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And so, but I couldn't be there because I was mm. always working at Journey. So I told them what to do, but they didn't do it. Yeah. And then they, we ran out of money because they just used it all. Mm.
0: To, you were a beast at Journeys for years, dude. Yep, absolute beast.
1: Hustling, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Made.
0: Uh, didn't you make like dis or like manager of the year or something? I did manager of him? the
1: year. Yep. Um, I got that. God, I can't remember what year it was. Um, but I have the I have the award still. I got manager of the year, and then one year I got a, a Swiss Army watch that was mm-hmm. engraved because I did like hundred and twenty five thousand dollars more than I was supposed to.
0: They didn't give you no money, they just gave you a watch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where's There's the a
1: watch? I can't complain. I was making really good money.
0: They paid you good at they journeys? Did. Yeah, they made oh, yeah. me really good at journeys. There's some wild stories at journeys, bro. <laughs> so that's some wild especially one A Columbus, lot of nut sacks
1: and shoe boxes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was me, I think. Yes. <laughs> How would I? I would
1: because uh, we'd always play the game where we'd make it make, instead of like looking at the you know the hoop. You make them look at your nuts, at like your balls. Yeah,
0: this was uh which now looking back it seems like kind of another odd thing to do. You know? But I think <laughs> you I think put you'd put your balls in it, cut a hole in the bottom of the shoebox, put the balls in there, and you go open up the lid towards somebody. Say, check out these new shoes. Yeah, check out these new <laughs> f- Air Force Ones or whatever. And you it's, open it up, it's and and just then, your nuts sitting there. <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> Oh shit! Is my balls in a yes. box. <laughs> Good times, and see that was another time where there were not no camera, phones to document. It was just pure enjoyment Thank for God you and the two people. Because we did oh, terrible, bro. terrible things, bro, for sure. I am so happy. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I'm glad that doesn't exist because <laughs> I definitely made some poorly, poor choices over the years. So many of things I've said and done um, that where well, you don't know. You know, you change. The older you get. Now that I'm 40, man, I feel. You know, obviously totally different than I did in my 20s or even my 30s or 35, you know.
1: Yeah, I was watching something recently and it was talking about our generation and how we are the in-between generation. Mm. So the generation before us didn't have the internet, right? So now they're like too old to really fully appreciate it. And we were there when it came.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we
1: can appreciate it. But then the next generation, the younger kids, they can't imagine a world without it. Yeah. So we ride both you know, sides of that, that fence and, and you know, you got the boomers who are like, I don't understand this stuff. Yeah. And then you got the uh, the new kids who are like, What is a rotary telephone?
0: Yeah. And what's wild, dude, my six year old can work like the Oculus and like all these things that sometimes I get stumped on. Yeah. It's fucking wild, man. It's but, fucking wild. You know,
1: rude. hand her a, you know, something that we like a flip phone.
0: Yeah. yeah. They're like, what the fuck is this? Text me uh, yeah. a sentence, <laughs> bro. I remember back when I was like fifteen, bro. If you had like one of those big ass say by the Bell Zach Morris phones, that meant you were balling. I had a bag phone. You had a bag phone. I had a That's bag phone. T- did you ever have a pager?
1: Uh, I did not. Uh, no, I did have a pager. Bro, right I
0: had on, a pager yeah. too. Man, I felt like a straight G with that pager. Yeah, drug dealer. Nine one one four twenty. Did you bring condoms? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity, especially this, this, uh, obviously under really shitty circumstances True, with, uh, Bobby Lee Hill. That's, that's the reason me and Michael are in Dothan, Alabama right now. One of Michael's good friends passed away and we're down here and as sad as it was, it is really cool. Cause I got to see a few people I haven't seen in a long time and then hearing all those stories about how he affected people, you know? I, I when they asked people to get up, I thought about it, but I just didn't feel it was right for me because I knew Bobby was always super respectful to me. He was always nice, dude. Never said anything bad about anybody. Even never. if you were talking shit about somebody, he wouldn't even. He'd laugh, but he wouldn't. Yeah, he agree. wouldn't even get in part of it. And nope. sometimes he might even give you a spin and say, "Hey, well, maybe this or this or that." Yeah, you know? and make you feel bad. You know, he was just a good, positive dude, and not to mention his catalog of songs. That I mean, unbelievable. If you had to guess, what do you think? Hundreds, hundreds right? of maybe songs. thousands, and
1: not a stinker among them. Yeah, like there are some that I don't like as much as others, but every single one of them is good. Yeah, especially it's,
0: when you take it and break it down, just listen to the lyrics.
1: That was his. That was his most magical mm-hmm. ability was his ability with lyrics. But he was also incredibly talented at writing melodies that yeah. would just make you want to hum along to them. Yeah, you know, every everything he wrote was catchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was insane. And it's
0: it's weird. It is as small of a town this is, do a lot of people have like went on to do do things from this town. Yeah. From like skateboarding to music to uh TV stuff, movie stuff. Like it's really cool to see that. I think I think it, it, and a lot of those guys are like our age and in, in that same era, dude, what Chad Foreman's doing now, yeah. dude. Guy
1: that used to work for me at Journeys has been in a bunch of the movies that have come out in the past ten years. That's that's like the so Avengers cool, and dude. stuff. Yeah. He's he's like a he's a um a background character. Yeah. So he's not like having any speaking lines, but he's in all those movies. Yeah. He's an that's extra killer, dude. Yeah.
0: That's killer, man. Maybe something about being in a small shitty town where like motivates for some people motivates you, get the fuck out. I that's, mean that's
1: what Circle City Blues was about. Yeah,
0: no doubt. That's what that song that's was still about. That's still one of those songs. Anytime I put it on, I can, I really could connect with just, I remember going back and being a teenager and the way you felt, you know, you felt trapped, you know, but you had your friends and you had stuff to do, but
1: yeah, but you can't stay here. No, you can't Going not. crazy. Hell no.
0: I mean, some people do. Some people stay here. I've got a couple friends. They got like 35 kids and they live in the, <laughs> yeah. the same town. And
1: <clears throat> I know. But like for some of us, that was the message. It was, I can't stay here. Yeah. I'm going crazy. Yeah. Growing older, I'm getting lazy. So it's uh, like, I got I to gotta get the fuck out of here, man. I can't mm-hmm. wait, because if I wait, then I'll be too lazy to do anything. So it's now or never. No doubt. And that was the message of the song. And the one thing to me, Bobby did get out once. He got out and lived in Austin, Texas for a while. Yeah. You know? Um, so I'm really stoked that he got to do that and experience mm-hmm. that. But he came back from it a little bit jaded, because he felt like here he was big fish, small pond, and mm-hmm. he went there, and he was just a dime a dozen, he said. And just like the person at the funeral said, there's no way he was a dime a dozen. Yeah, true that. The only person Bobby was ever not nice to was himself. Yeah. And so he was so hard on himself. And I'm like, you don't understand. I guarantee you that you have more talent in your pinky toe than all of those dudes did. They're just Uh, better at promoting themselves than you are because he Mm -hmm. doesn't believe in himself. Yeah. He never believed in himself. And so that's why he couldn't sell himself. You know, one time we were having a conversation and we were like, Why was Haji so popular? What made it stand out? What made it so popular? And he looked me in my eyes and he said, it was you. And I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. It was you. And he was like, no, you were the face of Haji. You were the voice of Haji. You were, you know, you got people excited to come to shows. You booked, you know, you booked everything. You did everything. I said, yeah, but I could have done that. And if I had written the songs, nobody would have came. They yeah. came because of the songs that you wrote.
0: Yeah, and his voice—he had such a unique sound. Yeah, like he, you know, it was. But it was he wouldn't. Truly... He wouldn't accept the compliment.
1: Yeah. He wouldn't and admit the fact that he was the magic that that held it all together. It
0: yeah. was weird. I always thought Bobby was a little older than me because he hung out with you guys, and you guys were like a year or two older than me, which isn't a lot when you get older. But when you're in high school, it's it seems a world like of difference, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I remember going to the mall. And seeing Bobby walk around with uh, whatever girl he was with at the time, and like one other person, and just being a kid and almost being starstruck, like, "Holy shit, that's Bobby from Haji, you know? <laughs> just walk, and he just had that look, man. He had just cool style, you know. He was just a cool looking dude. Yeah, he, was he, very he looked unique. different than anybody. He had his own style. Throughout. Nobody dressed yeah. like Bobby ever. Because I remember the last time I saw Bobby, I'm gonna say uh, it's probably one of the Plug House shows because he used to come out there and just hang and support. And he had like a whole different style. He was like the uh, handlebar mustache, the handlebar mustache, yeah. the hat, the fedora, whatever, the cane. I was like, damn, he's done. This is a whole different thing, but it's cool. And he pull
1: out a pipe sometimes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. He's like, I'm leaning into this old man yeah. thing.
0: <laughs> well, there's no doubt in my mind, dude. If it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for Bobby, if it wasn't for. Some of those early shows of Haji and the Turbans, I wouldn't, I mean, I would have never pursued it. Maybe I would have, I probably would have done music and quit, but that was the reason I was like, dude, I want to get to their level. That was always my goal. Like I want to get to where kids, someone sings a song I wrote, you know, I had some
1: goals Mm. and, you know, I didn't get to reach all of them. Yeah. But some of them I got to reach. And one of those was to turn on the radio and hear my song playing. Mm hmm. And I had that happen to me one time when I was helping Jay move. And then another one was to stop at a red light and hear someone next to me playing my music and singing along. And that
0: happened. That's awesome, dude.
1: So there were a couple moments where I was just like, this is the coolest feeling in the entire world. Yeah. You know? But my biggest one, and the one that I regret that never happened, was I wanted to make Bobby famous. Yeah. I wanted to get him on a world stage and have everyone recognize how fucking brilliant he was. And I just wasn't able to do it, mostly because um, Bobby is a, was a frustrating person, um, and so he was hard to motivate him. Mm. He was so talented, but he just didn't want to do it. He mm. he wanted the end result, but he didn't want to. He wouldn't want to do it. He was, you know, like in the song, he was getting lazy, and yeah. he got he got lazy. Um, and I then later, he had a fire lit under his ass, and but
0: it was too late because his yeah. health had gotten so bad. Yeah. I also got the impression, and I could be wrong, but I always felt like too he was someone that. Wanted to share his craft with the world, but he didn't necessarily enjoy the the limelight or as far as like having a bunch of people like eyes on, you know. I always got the kind of impression when he when he was playing, he was like a real even from stage was humble. You could sense how humble he was. He
1: was was shy. He didn't he you're right, he didn't enjoy the limelight. He enjoyed giving music to people. He enjoyed it when people were into it like that. Mm. That really, you know, fueled him. But yeah, he was never one, he was always like, You do the talking. Yeah. You I don't wanna like he might come up to the microphone every once in a while and say something, but it was rare. Yeah. You know, and he played, he just had this way, he just stood there and he kind of swayed back and forth. He didn't really, you know, every once in a while he might lift up his guitar and you're like, Oh shit, Bobby's like on fire. (laughs) But yeah, he just had this this very humble presence on stage, Mm. you know. And he should have been like fucking jumping off a stack and doing windmills because he yeah. was so badass, but he just never did. So I had to act like a fool. People call me a Tasmanian devil because I used uh-huh. to run around and spin around him to get people jazzed.
0: Oh, yeah. And it was guessing a big dude out there putting some work in, you know? Because <laughs> that, that was back when you were you were still a little big dude. I'm still a big yeah. dude. Yeah. No, you're a small dude, man. You look good, actually, man. Looking Thanks. real good boy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got Girl, these jeans. I can probably teach you a few things. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. I need to know some things.
1: I'm woefully unaware of things. Um but yeah, uh then after Haji, you know, um we had the T Birds.
0: Yep. And- that was me and Michael's band. That was that was a childhood dream coming true for me, being able to play with one of the guys I I grew up respecting for sure.
1: It was a uh, it was awesome yeah it was because a- it was the first time that I got to be the main person for sure you know and I felt like oh yeah yeah but then the hard part was is that nobody cared
0: yeah because <laughs> at the top well that was the thing well the you say that, but what you don't understand is that band had a long-lasting effect for a few people. Like, Nick Flagstar has told me several times that was the band that made him want to start playing. That's so fucking awesome. And he's been man. doing it for fucking almost two decades now, yeah. or at least 15 years or so. So, like, at the time when we came out, everything was red metal and heavy metal. Yeah. So we really didn't mesh. It was like the wrong era. Yeah, if, It was. If we could have came out like back in ninety five, I think we would, it, would have killed it. You would know? Have but back in ninety five I couldn't even play an instrument and I couldn't even carry a note, you know. So Well
1: those we played the T Bird songs earlier yeah. today and they sounded ten times better now than they did back then oh, because yeah, we're both sure. really good musicians yeah. now. <laughs>
0: well, that was what I was saying. I'm hoping, you know, at some point in the next year or two we can get together, lock ourselves in a studio for a weekend and re record those songs, you know
1: after we make out
0: after we make out and grab each other's dick <laughs> <laughs> <Do this. laughs> yeah whatever the thing you and homeboy did at school in front of everybody sort <laughs> <Sword> of fighting <laughs> dude i'm just i'm just glad i'm just glad i had the opportunity to meet you guys had the opportunity to have conversations like me and Bobby's relationship, obviously, it was more, I wouldn't say business, because I definitely respected him and cared about him, and I felt he did me too. Yeah. But the time, the only times I really saw him was it was business related. Was like, hey, I got you this show, or hey, this is yep. this, you know. Um. And I and I kind of regret, too, because there was one time when I was living in Nashville, I was going to try to help Bobby and put out some stuff, put him in the studio. I was reading some old messages a few days ago, but he, he wasn't able to leave Dothan. It was just his health was too bad. Yep. That but, was the bummer. We I,
1: wanted to make things happen. yeah.
0: Just and I'm, I'm hoping like hell, dude, hopefully Brad or somebody would take all his music, put it out, get it into some of the right spots where he can get some notice and finally get some acknowledgement for his amazing. talent. Yeah. That'd be amazing. And and dude, it's not a far-fetched thing. It's happened for a lot of fans. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility yeah. for sure. Um, especially because it truly is good music. Yeah. It truly is well-written and anybody who listens to it can hear that. Yes. You know, it's not one of those things where you need to have um, a a certain taste for it. Anyone that listens to it will be like, that's really good. Yeah.
0: And then when they listen to the list, it's the kind of shit that you can feel. Yeah. You feel the raw emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff he recorded, which I actually like it is he recorded literally with a computer, a microphone and playing it live. It's so gritty. And it, and it sounds raw and real because now everything's so over-processed. Everything's-
1: he would put out multiple versions of a song, so yeah. he, he would record it like
0: that, and
1: then later he would go in and do a really nice, crisp version of it and add drums and other mm-hmm. stuff, and it was never as good, and I always told him that. I said, it's not as good when you overproduce it. It's better when it's just you and a guitar. Yeah. It is so fucking good, and it's crazy to me that a simple song like that... I mean, the songs are harder than I can play, but... Just simply a guitar and a voice is better than a whole band in yeah. the same song. If
0: it's the right guitar and voice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For me, I need that whole band, son. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand other. You got to cover up my, my blind spots. <laughs> exactly. Not <laughs> only do I need that whole band, but I need that whole band to be really, really fucking good. <laughs> I'm not going to play my shit that much, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he definitely had that, dude, that, that, that could literally bring you to tears or make you stop and think. Because there were times he would say things, and I would think, did he mean this? You know, like he did. I guarantee. Like, you. Wow. That's like really fucking deep.
1: He played word games when he wrote lyrics. Uh-huh. And so he would always write stuff. And I have this book of all these lyrics that he wrote. It's got all the original Haji songs in it. And
0: that's awesome. Dude. Um,
1: And so he used to write stuff and he'd be like, and I would read it and he'd be like, did you get it? He would always like, did, did you get it? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I missed something. I'm not as yeah, smart yeah, as you yeah, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going back and rereading it and like, did you mean this? And he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, shit. Huh. You know, but like there were songs like, um, oh, uh, gosh. Okay, Nobody's Full, right? Uh-huh. Love that song. And I used to, you know, originally it was him singing it mostly and not me. And then um, I was like, I really want to sing a song. And he said, you should sing Nobody's Full. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you do a good job on singing that song. I was like, okay. So I will sing that song. And I was singing it for like two years And we were just talking about what it means. And he was like, you didn't get it.
0: Oh, shit. You had a different interpretation of it. Totally.
1: I had a totally... it it, Because I missed the double negative. Uh. He says, I won't be nobody's fool. Which means he will be. He's going to get fooled. Yeah. And I fucking missed it. Because I was like, I love this song. Because it's about like, you ain't going to fuck with me. I'm not going to be anybody's fool. Yeah, fuck you, man. And he's like, it doesn't say I won't be anybody's (laughs) fool. It says you are, actually. (laughs) It says I won't be nobody's (laughs) fool. Which means... He is going to be everyone's fool. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, Bobby, you're the smartest motherfucker and the dumbest motherfucker at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. You know, like, it's just beautiful the way he could do that. And, like, still I listen to his songs and I'm like, that's the most beautiful line I've ever heard. And then I listen to another one. And I'm like, no, that's the most beautiful wow. line I've ever heard. It's crazy. No, he's,
0: he's got some for sure, man. This, this uh, very sad dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I, ho- I hope I- I'm going to do my best. I mean, I don't know what part or role I can play, but I'm going to do what I've always done. And that's when I travel and I go places. I talk about the people that I respect and care about. You know, oh. I tell stories about musicians. I dude, you got to check out this or, you know, share it. That's, yeah. that's
1: the number one thing yeah. you can do. I can't tell you how many emails I've received over the years from people all over the world mm. who are like, I was with somebody and they handed me this CD and it was Haji and the Turbans. And I just want to let you know what that meant to me. And like, incredible like all over the world yeah different countries all over the united states just people that were from here in that time and got the cd and moved somewhere else and took it with them and showed it to people and then those people fell in love with it searched us on the internet found it and then sent me an email
0: yeah that's wild it's crazy and that's the thing dude you know you're doing something when you can be a band like haji was in in the mid 90s and i guarantee you can go into most places The kids hang out now in Dothan, Alabama and mention that name and they're going to know who it is, which is nuts. You know, even now they may have never even heard the album or anything. They just know the name. Yeah. And that's why
1: I was in it was a couple years ago. I walked into the grocery store and the kid bagging my groceries says, I know you. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you're in Haji and the Turbans. I was like, aren't you a little young? And he says, I grew up listening to you because my mom was a huge fan. And I was like, oh my god (laughs) I fucked your mom, brother (laughs) Then you grabbed his dick (laughs) I was just like, how fucking old am I? This kid grew up listening to my album Uh Shoot me and put me out of my misery
0: yeah, I hadn't I hadn't had that one happen yet. <laughs> well, that's a good thing about my band. Nobody likes it anyway, so i do not prefer about any awkward situations like that.
1: <laughs> Everybody jams out to the
0: lightweights. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I don't jam out the lightweights. I don't even own an album you that gotta, we ever don't, put out. You, you, did you have that tattoo covered up? I did. Uh, which which arm was it? Let me show you what I got. Oh, I got the yeah, I got this big executioner over it, <laughs> and a dead Kennedy's. It looks like. Yes, it covered it up, but it's under there. Yep, the I can see a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I finally covered. Not because I was ashamed of it; it's because the little punk rocker's face was distorted and had no face anymore. Looked like Daniel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looked crazy, dude. <laughs> but uh, no, I had some good times, dude. The lightweights, man. I, um, yeah, I'm I'm just thankful for for that experience, dude. Because I could I could have done something else. I was listening to hip hop, you know, as a, a young kid. Growing up, big Will Smith
1: fan. Huh? I said you were a big Will Smith. fan. I was a big Vanilla Ice, MC Hammer fan, son.
0: Let's get it straight. Who wasn't? But I was. uh, I lived in the projects of Ozark with my dad, and we would get out there on Saturday mornings and have dance offs. And I was like probably chubby as fuck. And I remember (laughs) I used to have the shirt, and it had Bugs Bunny and Tasmanian Devil, (laughs) but their clothes were back backwards like crisscross. Yeah. And we just get out there and do the Running Man. You know the Running Man that that (laughs) dance. Yes. So I easily could have went the hip hop route, you know, but, uh, I found punk rock. I found skate skating. I was, I skateboarded, but just minimal. I was a, I was what they called a fruit booter, but then the aggressive inliner. And the main reason I picked that is because I wanted to stand out. You know, I didn't want to do what all the, like, I was a part of this small group of punkers and skaters. But I wanted to even be in a smaller group, you know what I mean?
1: That's why I rode Heelys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all rock some Hillies in the day, son. Could you do any tricks on Hillies?
1: No, not really. I mean, the trick was a fat
0: man was rolling down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. That was the trick. So what's what's uh what's it we'll talk about some of your uh recent musical endeavors. I know you put out like a little E P recently, right? Well yeah, after like, um, Self recorded.
1: After the T-Birds, then I had uh, the band in China where I we toured. Uh, what was the name of the band? XXYY. Uh, the, it was a Chinese name, Xiao Xin Yi Yi, which mm. is like a Chinese idiom that means to tread carefully Got or you. to be discreet. Uh-huh. And we were a three-piece pop punk band that sang songs about titties. So it was a joke. Oh, yeah. a only thing <laughs> we're
0: singing about these days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were not discreet at all. We were ridiculous. Uh, but that was really fun. And we... um we we had a, a pretty big following, and we ended up uh, being the first uh, foreign nationals. So like we were foreigners who were living in China, and we were the first ones to be featured on national Chinese news to oh, 1.5 billion viewers.
0: Your band was yeah, hell yeah. What happened with that?
1: We started getting calls all over China and playing shows all over China. So we used to you that's know that's tight. Go here, so go you there. were making
0: actual making some paychecks.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we'd, we'd go to these really small villages. but... Uh-huh. A small, small village in village. China is like a million people.
0: That's wild, dude. So
1: we'd go to these small cities, and uh, you know they wouldn't pay us much, but yeah. they would pay for our journey out there. Uh-huh. They would pay for our hotel. They would pay for our food. They would pay for our beer. And Damn. so... We were like, yeah, it's not much money that we're making, but we're having a really good time and we don't have to pay for it.
0: Yeah, and you're you're fucking traveling, bro. It's like right. a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's tight.
1: And, you know, they have a train system in China, so we would just get on the trains. Yeah. And we would just ride the trains all over China and play in these different places. I was telling a story the other night about how um, one time uh, I forgot my passport and uh-huh. we got to the city of Qingdao, which is where they make that, Chinese beer, the green bottle called Tsingtao. Yeah. It's pronounced Qingdao in Chinese. And so we went to that city and they were having a beer festival and we getting there was no problem, but they had the Olympics, the winter Olympics or the summer Olympics there a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And so they have this, uh, visiting Olympic squad was there that, that week. So they had extra security at their, uh, train station to leave. And so, because I didn't have a passport, we had to find a way to get me on the train. So there was another guy who was with us who looked like me in the face, Uh but he was really fit and muscular and very tall. (laughs) And so I said, okay, you go through with your passport and get your ticket stamped. Yeah. Then walk over to that door, hand me your ticket, and then I'm going to walk by and pretend I'm you and (laughs) see if I can just sneak Uh on the train. So he he went through, got his ticket stamped, came to the other window, handed me the ticket, and I walked by and go, oh, I just had to go get something. I still got my ticket. And the guy was like, go on in. (laughs)
0: Oh shit! Hell yeah, made it through. Dude, we all look the same. I have a serious question. I don't want to sound stupid by asking, but China is like, how is it living in China? Because you hear all these like horror stories that they won't let you get on the internet. They control what you do. You know what you can see, what you can say, what you can.
1: Yeah, it's it's like half and half. It's half true and half not true. Got you.
0: So not as extreme as made out to be.
1: So like Facebook's blocked. Yeah, Google's blocked. Um. Uh, you know, most social media, YouTube and, you know, lots of things are blocked, but you can have a VPN and if you have a VPN, then you can do whatever you want. Cause you know, there it's a private network. It's like a, a tunnel from your computer to whatever website you're going to and no one can see where you are.
0: So basically it's a way where they, they tax you or you had to pay for this and mm-hmm. then yeah. you can access it. Now, does that, does that cover people who are actually Chinese that live in China? Or they can just,
1: get in a lot of fucking trouble. They can they get, one. that's why I was wondering, but they, they had, they do it anyways. But.
0: Yeah. So they could get like jail time or fines for being on the internet. Yeah, oh yeah, that's fucking wild. We why, could get deported.
1: Uh, it's the control of information. It's the communist party, right? So yeah. they, they control the information. They like there are certain topics that you're not allowed to discuss. And it's like freedom. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the T's. The T's. Tiananmen Today's. Square, uh-huh. um, Tibet, uh-huh. Taiwan. You're not allowed to talk about those things because those are very sensitive subjects. You know. Huh. So. Yeah, you don't, yeah, don't talk about that. Don't talk bad about the party. Hell, where I live now, uh, we'll get deported if we talk bad about the royal family.
0: Oh, shit. So we can't, we can't badmouth the royal family. So you can't really have an opinion on on anything.
1: Nope. And then if you are walking down the street and the king's anthem comes on, you got to stop and stand there until it's over.
0: So how do you feel about that? Well, I guess you can't really talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I can talk about it here.
1: How I feel about it is. When we grew up, we were forced to stand, put our hand over our heart, and recite a chant. That's very true. You know, so it's the same thing. It's just different.
0: Well, it's different if you're an adult, though, because as a kid, you had to do what you're told. But as an adult, you're like, I don't pass As an adult, if you
1: kneel at a football game, you get ostracized by society. Think that's, about that. yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's the same kind of. It's the same kind of thing. If you are walking down the street and the the King's Anthem comes on and everyone stops and you start walking, you're all of a sudden calling Kaepernick and you're <laughs> kneeling for the anthem oh, and people you. are going to be like,
0: "Oh, get him, boys!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. This this whole world's fucked up. It is. From every fucking sea to shining sea. Dog. The crazy
1: thing is, is no matter where you go, things are the same, but they think it's different and it's better oh. elsewhere. And but it's it really, you know.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like you've you've actually been one of the few people I know that has traveled to many of foreign lands. Yeah. Like in your opinion, what where's your favorite place? Like China. You, China over I everything.
1: China because it was it was an adventure every day. It was the wild west. It uh-huh. was fucking crazy. You never knew what was gonna happen. I would go for a walk, and I would stumble upon a market where they were skinning meerkats, and there was just a. <laughs> A giant basket full of guts sitting on the road, and all these like furless rat things laying in a pile on a tarp. And all the hairs were being washed in a big bucket of water over here. And then across the street, there's a goose and a peacock in a cage. And for a dollar, they'll slit its throat and put it in a bucket and let it bleed out. And then you can take it home and cook it. Then there was a a grandpa walking down the street with a bowl full of blood, and he had a pair of chopsticks, and he was just digging pits of bone out of it and flicking it in the street. And I was like,
0: "That's wild. This
1: is nothing I'm ever going to see in America anywhere I go." Yeah,
0: I don't know. If that's something I want to see. It was, <laughs> but it's
1: crazy. You just never know what's going to yeah. happen. One day I was walking down the street, and there was a street magician, who I mean, he wasn't a, he he was a healer. Yeah. And he was doing this thing called cupping, where you heat the glass. Jar and you put it on the back and it does suctions. On okay. The back. Yeah. yeah, I seen that before? About, yep. So he was doing that in the street to people and he was saying that he could suck the impurities out of your body. And so he would put it on you and then he would pull it off and he would go like this and, and tap it real hard uh-huh. where it was sucking and then it would start bleeding. And then he'd put it back on and it would suck all this blood out. And then he would pull that off and he would like mix up some gelatin and throw it in the blood and be like, look, oh, look, it's all solid now. And he'd
0: pick These it up. These are the demons. <laughs> yeah. So
1: when he was poking you, he had a needle taped to his finger and he was jabbing your skin oh, with shit. a needle. But he was saying that it was just magic cheese. Oh, it's going to hurt a little bit. This is the demons <laughs> leaving your body. And I'm just watching this. And, they, you know, I spoke Chinese. So I was keeping up with what was happening. And I'm like translating for my friend. I'm like, this is the most insane shit that is happening right now. He is uh, saying that he's pulling the bad spirits, the bad p- energy out of this person's body. But if you look at his finger, you can see tape and a needle. And he is jabbing their body with a needle.
0: It's wild that they won't let you get on Facebook. They'll let you do that, though. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? They won't
1: let you get on Facebook, but they'll kill a chicken in the street and uh, pour boiling water all over it to make the feathers come off. like yeah. In the street.
0: That's wild. And you're like, what? And you want to go back to that. <laughs> it's, that's where I would live. It's crazy.
1: I've seen people shit in front of me.
0: <laughs> Last night, <laughs> the gas station. We
1: were we were in Beijing at one of the most beautiful places, the Summer Palace, and uh-huh. it's the longest um, covered corridor in the world. And we're walking along it, and we stop at this little hut, and we get some instant noodles, and we're just, it's me and my kids and my wife, and we're just, or actually, it was just one kid at the time. And... We're just eating the noodles and just having a good old time and enjoying the scenery, beautiful lake. And right next to us, this woman takes her noodle cup, dumps it out, and puts her child's ass over it, and he shits in the noodle cup right next (laughs) to us. What the fuck, son? So the the way uh, Chinese diapers are, they're crotchless. Uh And um, the mom just has to watch the baby to learn their signs for when they're about to pee or poop. And then they just hold them over like a trash can or something to let them pee or poop. And, what the fuck? and that's how they potty train them earlier than we get potty trained Yeah, because they learn ha- their habits and then they start putting them in front of a toilet.
0: So basically, essentially they pay more attention to their children yes. than we do. They pay <laughs> a lot more attention to the children. <laughs> What's the wildest thing you've seen in China? Shit.
1: Man, I don't even know. Those things I just listed were pretty wild, no, pretty but they're wild. not even. I know, dude. I want to hear some more stories like they're that. They're not it's even like it. Like, good God, I can't. Dude, I don't even what's, know.
0: What's some of the things that are illegal or banned over there that seem would seem kind of weird? Like, oh, that's weird that they banned that besides Facebook.
1: I mean, that one's pretty big. Um, Do they talk-
0: have radio, like talk radio or anything like that? Yeah,
1: yeah, and they had a foreigner channel that would play, like, you know, like the top 40 stuff, but everything's um, censored. So they... they,
0: they like will, the cussing is out cuss- of it and stuff? And,
1: and, well, no, 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 absolutely not cussing, you'll go into the grocery store in China and they'll be playing a rap song that's not filtered at all. So you're hearing the N-word. You're hearing fuck. You're motherfucking hear- fuck, fuck, yes. fuck. Yeah. While you're grocery shopping. Sometimes yeah. it's Christmas time and it's like, motherfucking Christmas. Yeah, you know? yeah. and you're like with your four-year-old, like yeah. cover your ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they don't edit that. They edit it for content that they deem uh, not toward the, the Communist Party goal. Gotcha. So anything that's like talking bad about rich people, they're like, Get it out of there. how um, far do
0: you think uh, along till we're like that?
1: I don't know, man. Not about that far. 10 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> In Malaysia, they would take the words cigarettes and tobacco and alcohol. They would take those out of all the um, songs.
0: Oh, and can you not smoke over there? Like, you
1: can, but they, um, they you can't it. advertise it. They, they just tax it heavily, but it's, gotcha. a, it's a, it's a predominantly Muslim country. And yeah. so they're like, you can't sing about alcohol and cigarettes and vices and stuff and Damn. sex. And
0: Can you get weed in China?
1: Uh, you can get weed in China. It grows wild out in like Western Holy China. Shit. And then you can buy it like when we used to go to Wuhan, they would sell it in the street vendors. But they like the street vendors didn't know what it was for. They would feed it to their pigs to make them fat so that they could slaughter them. Uh-huh. And then they'd be like, why do you foreigners want to buy this? <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, just to get fat. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that's why you foreigners are fat. <laughs> yeah, just try it. You'll know why, motherfucker. <laughs> take a hit, bitch. <laughs> um,
1: but, yeah, like, um, but then, like, in the major cities like Shanghai, uh-huh. I had friends who they would have the cops just show up to their door and be like, we were told you had marijuana. We're coming in. And they would just come into the apartment Holy and search shit, it. shit, dude. And then they'd take them to the um, police station. They'd stay there for, like, six, seven hours. Damn. And they'd question them. And then they'd just drop them off on the outside What happened street? if
0: you got found with, like, they could deport you. they deport you over yeah. some marijuana's? Yes, they would. Well, shit, dude. That's fucking wild, bro.
1: You're not allowed to drive um, certain scooters that weigh a certain amount, but that's all they sold. So, it was a catch-22. Like, you're not allowed to drive them, but that's all you can buy. Wow. So, I bought one, and you just had to look out for cops. If you saw cops, you'd, like, fucking... Go a different way because they would stay at the um, stoplights. So one of the tricks we would do is if you if it's red, you stop way back behind the cars. Never go up to the light and stop because they would wait at the stoplights. And if they see a foreigner on a scooter, they'd be like, "Woo,
0: that's fucking wild, dude! Get them!" Damn, no (laughs) love over there, dude. Well, how was it? Because when you were in China, how's it for? Uh, a white dude like in china like when you first came over there do people look at you you're you, a superstar you've got tattoos and stuff I so they're probably
1: so many photos people, people would just, just come up to me on the street and be like can we take a photograph yeah and then they would show it to me and be like look at this photograph <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they would always like no matter where we went in vietnam everywhere we yeah, went
0: every, you probably look crazy over yeah. there to them and they'd right? be like we want to take a picture yeah. with
1: you and then always my kids, too. They want to take a picture yeah, of my kids. That's weird. And huh? Lucas got really savvy at one point, and he's like, you got to pay me. Oh, shit. <laughs>
0: pay me? Did he ever get paid? Yeah we, we were are, oh, T- yeah,
1: we were at Tiananmen Square the first time it happened. Uh-huh. Standing there in the big picture of Mao's up on that red wall. And somebody comes by and says, I want to take a picture of your son. And I said, well, ask him. And they said, can we take a picture with you? And he was like, 10 RMB. <laughs> 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 they had to pay him 10 RMB. <laughs>
0: Well, it's something over there that people enjoy doing that would not even be a second thought over here. Like what? What do you mean? Like uh, for pastime stuff.
1: And stuff that they enjoy doing that we would never think yeah, to do? Yeah, yes. Um, okay, well, the old people gather in the mornings and they do um, choreographed dances in the grocery store. Um like not parking lot, but like right in front of the grocery store. That there's a big concrete area where people are walking in. Uh-huh. They crowd that and they do choreographed dances to weird music
0: in the morning. That's mornings. fucking tight, dude. <laughs> I hope I got that to look forward to when I'm old. How old? Like senior citizens? Senior senior citizen. Yeah, I would be. I'm. You know what? I the older I get, I used to care a lot about what people's interpretation or what they thought of me and that shit. You know, and it really kept me from enjoying a lot of things. You know. Being the guy in the back with the f- arms crossed. You're worried what dancing. people are going to yeah. think. Yeah, well, See, well, remember when I talked to you earlier about yeah. therapy? Yeah.
1: What I wanted to do was teach young men not to do that. Yeah. To to do whatever the fuck they want to do and not worry mm. about what other people are thinking. Because we're taught that we have to be tough and we yeah. have to look a certain way. And that's what I want to do is teach kids not to do that. But... Um,
0: another he doesn't thing, have a degree or anything. He just wants to go around and teach kids that. <laughs> That's right. Come here, get, get in my van. Do Let what you want to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Live your life on your terms. That'll be $100. Yeah. On this episode of Creepy Pedo Vibes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so another thing old people do over there is they have all these beliefs about exercise. So they, they, uh-huh. they stay fit they live longer than we do because they so probably think
0: I'm just a fucking piece of shit. Dude. They
1: stay mobile as shit. So they are seventies, yeah. eighties, they're outside every day. They have free exercise equipment in all of the public spaces. Uh-huh. So you'll see them out there on these weird, like elliptical machines. And they have weird machines that do shit. I don't know what it's supposed to do. It's like a big wheel and they turn it, huh. you know? Um, but those are fun to watch them do those. It's, but what's more fun is watching them exercise without it. Because they have all these things. Um, They have a belief that when you're walking forward, you're walking towards death. So when you get old, they will walk down the street backwards to walk away from death.
0: What the (laughs) fuck? That'd be wild to wake up after smoking a bowl and walk out and see that. You're like, whoa, bro. People are walking backwards. They're walking
1: backwards, bro. (laughs) And then um, you'll see people fucking trees.
0: Fucking trees. Let's yeah, talk about that. They
1: they go up to it and they do pelvic thrusts into the tree oh, to yeah. keep their. I did that strong. with my pillow as a <laughs> in high
0: school just to like get experience. <laughs> so you
1: see them? They'll put their arms out and then they'll thrust forward into the tree, yeah. and they're just like keeping their yeah. hips strong. But it's the fucking funniest. That's, thing. That's, that's like
0: weird, dude. I would have made that into an X-ray music video, dude. <laughs> just been clips of that. It's fantastic. What about music over there? Are you able to just go play? Well, yeah, you went out and played we, places. We did tour. We
1: were doing it illegally we weren't allowed to oh. it, To do it legally what you have to do is you have to get a permit for every single show and you have to submit it to the um oh, what was it called I forget what it
0: was Some like board or something yeah determine.
1: yeah the Ministry of Entertainment or something yeah. like that and you'd have to send them your set list the lyrics for every song And I think the chords too, but I know it was the set list and the lyrics. Damn. And you had to have them approved before you play the show. And of course, we were never going to do that because they're never going to approve a song called Titties. Yeah. 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 The lyrics are titties, 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 titties. I like them uh, milky and white. (laughs) (laughs) I think about them all night. I'm thinking about them all night (laughs) today. You know, they're never going to approve
0: that in China. Did you write this song in Chinese?
1: No, I did write one song partially in Chinese and uh-huh. people love that one. It was a song uh, called Fumei, which Fumei is a, um, uh, it's a nickname for uh, the ideal woman in China. Mm-hmm. It means white, rich, and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and you wrote a song about that? <laughs> right. Because yeah. everyone, that's the ideal woman, right? Uh-huh. But typically a Bifume is a complete bitch. Yeah, And so in the song, it's this guy who's like obsessed with Bifume and she treats him like shit, and in the end, he ends up falling for New Diao um, uh, which is a nerdy girl, mm. so like a loser. So it was like a slang, popular slang at the time, popular internet slang was New gotcha. Diao uh, And I thought, hey, we can get popular if I write this song partially in Chinese and use some popular slang, and yeah. it worked.
0: Huh, that's awesome. Dude. How <laughs> how hard is it to rhyme words, or is it even about rhyming when you're singing in a I mean it, another you language? Know, yeah, I
1: didn't worry about rhyming. Yeah, that the part that was in Chinese was just which means "I want a nerdy girl, I want a loser girl." You know. Huh. So, oh yeah,
0: <laughs> we all want one of them, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild, dude. That's so cool that you've had those experiences, man. A lot, a lot of people ever get to experience leaving the state they live in to yeah to be at you. Let's let's go real quick. We got China. You've been to what's what's some of the places?
1: China, um, Laos, Cambodia.
0: Korea, um, you've been to Germany, right?
1: Uh, yeah, Germany, I'm, yeah, yeah all, a lot of the European nations. Um, Borneo, I got tattooed in the jungles of Borneo by a head hunter.
0: <laughs> no, that's tight, let's talk about that for a second. That was the one where <laughs> you laid down, you're talking them stretching the skin, right?
1: So it was in the jungle in a bamboo hut, and uh, there's two dudes that tattoo you. One, his job is to stretch the skin out, and the other dude uh-huh. has a wooden mallet with a needle sticking out of it. And then he has another wood mallet without one, and so he just puts the one with the needle next to your skin and hits it with the other
0: one. Yeah. Now, how did you know the guy was a headhunter?
1: Well, it's called Borneo Headhunters Tattoo. And oh, I got you. It, he's tattooing in the traditional um, he's way. He's like, I love to give guys head right before I give <laughs> a tattoo. My <laughs> am a <head> <laughs> he's He's, he's traditioning in the, uh, tattooing in the traditional way of the Iban people of the yeah. Borneo jungle who were headhunters. Huh. So this was a tradition that was lost. And this is a famous guy named Ernesto. And he rediscovered it by going into the old villages in the jungle and finding all the old tattooed men and asking them how it was done.
0: That's and, wild. Dude. And he that's did cool, that for though. years
1: and years and years. And then now he's like the one who's passing it yeah. down to the next
0: generation. That's fucking That's sick. And dude, this, the tattoo looks sick. It's the best Avril Levine tattoo I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he
1: really captured that denim. He
0: really did just a <laughs> skater boy man <laughs> no what
1: he did on me was a traditional um Iban thing that they would get on their um shoulders yeah and it's an eggplant flower with tadpoles in the middle of it that represents um uh, the 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 eggplant flower represents life and the tadpole flowers represents like sperm
0: bro eggplant is my favorite emoji dude <laughs> if you pull up my phone right now it's going to be the main one so was it like the big
1: no it's a it's a it's a swirly like it's oh, okay. a tribal design
0: not the one that looks like a pecker. I use in my no. emojis. No, this is a flower that grows <laughs> off of the end of. Like it. miss you, dad. Then I'll drop the <laughs> eggplant with a little three drops of squirt. like water. Yeah, the little squirt. <laughs> <laughs> my wife hates that shit, dude. This is this is probably the longest podcast I've ever recorded. An hour and twenty minutes, man. I dude, thought I'm, it
1: was only five minutes.
0: Oh yeah, it's only been five minutes, dude. So it feels so like that's how it's supposed to feel. It's supposed to feel like five minutes, but be much longer than that. Right. But, dude, I'm so glad I got to see you. I'm so glad I got to finally bring you on here. And um, I'm sorry about your, your fucking brother, dude. Thank you. And uh, he's going to be remembered because all of us remember him, and we're going to keep pumping his stuff.
1: Yeah, I think and, that's one of the things that's uh, just synonymous with a Bobby Hill fan is they're going to show somebody a Bobby Hill song.
0: Absolutely. If you love a band... You're gonna you're gonna be inspired and want to show people.
1: Listen to this song. This guy's exactly. amazing. He's in this small town in Dothan, Alabama. Yeah. Listen to how fucking good he is. Yeah. yeah, no
0: doubt. And that's how we're gonna end it. Rest in peace, Bobby Lee Hill, man. Anything else you want to add? No, homeboy. Thank oh, you, you. You got? Uh, can I? Can we give your Instagram out? You cool Yeah,
1: with that? Uh, it's uh, Alabama Milkman. Uh, and we I, didn't get to talk about oh, my. Well, yeah, my my, I can
0: tell you why they call him the Milkman. <laughs> you remember that story earlier where he's grabbing that guy? Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it once again. For the fucking greatest show in Pleasant View, Tennessee, that's on Spotify. I'm actually the only one. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael, for coming, hanging out. Thank you for having me. I fucking me. love you, dude. I love you too, man. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, hit it one time. <laughs> the coolest instrument I ever bought. See you, motherfuckers. Adieu, can.